This episode of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Big Barker, therapeutic dog beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the law firm of the process, the Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process, and Kinetic Skateboard Shop. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. Before I tell you what today's Ricky rebroadcast is about, a reminder, the episode that Mike wrote of Trial and Error is Thursday night, that is tomorrow night if you're listening on Wednesday, 9 o'clock on NBC. You can go and binge all the previous episodes at NBC.com. Our goal is to make episode 5 of this season the highest rated episode so we have bragging rights and Mike gets to keep his job and perhaps even get more jobs. And a, uh, a separate reminder, you can join the Rights to Ricky Sanchez Run or Walk team for the Providence Animal Center uh Bark in the Park, October 27th. I will be running in it, but we can walk too. It will benefit Providence Animal Center. You will save dogs and cats. Just go to my Twitter for that link. If you don't want to join the run or walk team, you can just donate. The goal is $4,616 in honor of Sam Hinkie. Today's Ricky rebroadcast is the night the Sixers drafted Jaleel Okafor. I don't remember what the takes are, but they surely can't be good. Enjoy. Without any further ado, here's Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Welcome once again to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. My name is Spike Eskin. I am on one hand pretty dejected and exhausted and the other hand a little loopy and silly and proud and we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> the, my co-host, Mr. Um, Mr. Process himself, Mike Levin. Mike. Hey, buddy. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm all right. I got a little surge at the end there. Yeah. So I feel a little bit better than I would have. But um, yeah. Let's not uh, mince words. <laughs> no. Uh, well, how how quickly do you want to get into it? Like to like the specifics of it. Well, first, on the one hand, on the one hand, I feel like we part of our job in this podcast is to like sort of make people feel okay, right? Like, isn't that? I feel like people are like, all right, you guys better make me feel better. Well, I, I don't I mean, know if, if we can do that. You know, as honest, I don't feel like shit. I'll say that. All right. Let me say two things. First of all, though I am committed to keeping this podcast mostly clean, <laughs> I would not listen to this podcast in front of children. Not because I'm, I'm mad or anything, but my I'm so tired, I'm definitely going to curse. I'm definitely going to curse. That's fine. That's the first thing. Okay. So the second thing is I would like to thank my wife who made me a big pot of buffalo chicken dip. 
Yeah, man, I didn't even get buffalo chicken dip. Well, let me tell you something, Mike. Nobody came over my house. So do you want to know how many people ate buffalo chicken dip? <laughs> Just me. Mike, I had I feel I had a whole family size bag of of uh, scoops tostitos and buffalo chicken dip. I <laughs> like the the one that should last you and your family a week. I ate the whole bag. I feel so disgusting, but thank you, Val, for making me the buffalo chicken dip. Nobody came over. So thank you, everybody who, you know, I sort of determined you either got to have a party and tell everybody it's a party and tell them to come over or not. Because when you do the middle thing, nobody wants to drive to the suburbs if it's not officially a party. Oh, okay. yeah, house. Yeah. So, so all right. And to your point about making people feel better. Here's what I will say, is that we have gone above and beyond in making people feel better over the last two years. Above and beyond. Yeah. So much so that when the Sixers took whoever the fuck that was, the first guy in the second round, Guillermo Hernandez or whoever that guy was. Hernan Gomez. Hernan Gomez. That they showed on TV a bunch of Sixers fans celebrating and shaking each other's hands <laughs> because in the crowd and showing a trust the process t-shirt because of us on some level. So I feel like maybe, maybe just maybe, and maybe you'll be able to talk me off this ledge. Maybe and I'm not even on the ledge. Maybe we've even gone too far in making people feel okay in that they are cel- they don't even know why they're celebrating anymore. We've yeah. created a nation of insane, awesome idiots. I mean, it was the best thing I ever saw, them shaking each other's hands. The host, is that Reese Davis? Is he the one that was Reece, anchored? Yeah, it's Reese Davis, yeah. Every time he said trust the process, he started laughing hysterically. <laughs> well, they really got in on it. Yeah, there's a picture. The one you posted, they really came close. People, there's someone in like Portland who's looking at that and sees right to Ricky Sanchez Liberty Ballers lottery party with a date on it, and just has and picture of Sam Hinkie and ping pong balls has no idea what's happening. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so thanks. I have to thank ESPN for all the, the cover. They still didn't say rights to Ricky Sanchez, but what? No, what no, we, no, no. We can't expect that. So, so here's where I am. Right. Here's where ultimately where I'm disappointed, I think. Well, first of all, I'm ultimately disappointed because Adam Regner, who is a, uh, a producer at the radio station, produces Josh's show, said to me the other day, he said, all right. He said, what is one thing that could happen on he's like, you make you you find a way to justify everything, he says. Yeah. To me. And he says, what is one thing that could happen? the draft on Thursday night, that you would walk away and be like, ugh. And I go, well, I'm not going to be mad at anything. And he goes, okay, but something that you would be significantly unhappy with. And I was like, as I tweeted the other night, I was having nightmares about drafting Jaleel Okafor and just keeping Jaleel Okafor. Like, even from the very beginning of when we started talking about the draft, my thing was, I don't want Jaleel Okafor. He doesn't seem like a player we would take. So, so what I'm struggling here's what I'm struggling with with that pick, right? Here's what I'm I'm struggling with reason and feeling. So reason tells me that there was nothing they could do 
about the Lakers taking D'Angelo Russell, like and and Minnesota taking Towns. Right, right. The, nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the Towns thing off the board. Like, yeah, nothing they could do. Now Russell. Now we, we'll get a hundred people saying, well, what if you offered them this and what if you offered them that? And then sure. and then th- there's also a possibility the Lakers didn't even really like Okafor that much. Like, who knows? Maybe they just loved Russell. Like, because really, if they love Russell, if you love the guy, there's really no offer that should be able to talk you off that ledge. Like if you think that he's the guy, then, then there should be no offer. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter if we offer the heat pick next year and the Lakers pick, if they're like, well, we think D'Angelo Russell is, is worlds above Jaleel Okafor, especially in today's NBA, then there should be nothing. So I, I don't know if it was possible that they can move, that they can move up. So the reality is, is that once those two guys are gone, well, it would seem as though there's a drop off beyond Okafor in terms of talent, maybe. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. It seems like he was pretty clearly the next best player. So it makes sense to me. And big guys that can score consistently are still at a... Like, there's not very many of them in the NBA. And I could sort of... I'm sorry, I'm going on a long way here. I'm just sort of trying to think this out. And I could make the argument that that the the way that, that you bust a team that is going small all the time is by having a big that punishes them for doing that offensively. Yeah. So, so I can make the, the, the argument that not only was he probably the best player left on the board, that he was the most significant asset left on the board because he is the hardest thing to find. So I understand why they picked him. I, un- I understand, and I think that they can play all three guys. There's 96 minutes between the two positions. But, like, I'm just, like, not thrilled about some, like, big doofus low post guy. And we have three big guys. And it's just, like, I understand best player available, but it's just sort of, like, a, a big fucking bummer, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Do you feel better? A little? Uh, yeah, a little. A little. Great. Um. I think they got to the point where now I I don't know people are saying like oh how unlucky the Sixers got and how like things just aren't falling their way and I just really feel like that's just like speculation based on media reports media reports that we've been for the most part ignoring from the get go right I mean there's no guarantee it's not like Sam Hinkie's coming out and being like well we wanted Russell and he wasn't there it's always been just Reports that they want this guy, they want this guy. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Clearly, like, there was a huge reports about them wanting Porzingis. Which, and who, whom they could have taken. Who they could have taken, and they and they let him walk. So I, I am really, really hesitant to be like, man, the brakes just didn't fall our way tonight, and we didn't get the guy we want. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. Um, I certainly don't think Okafor was on top of his board. Um, yeah. Because he just doesn't seem like a, a Sam Hinkie player, but I think when you go, okay, what's value here? Can we just like what's not even best player available? Because I'm sure the Sixers, or I, I would assume that the Sixers think that other players are better. But in terms of value around the league, I think Okafor is the was the top at that position. So whether or not they took him and were like, hey, we're gonna figure it out with these three guys, or they took him and they decided. We're going to flip one of them later. Um, 
then I still think it was a thing that had to be done. And I, I'm here still checking Twitter because I'm like, something ha- has to happen. Yeah, I don't like, think it's not over. I, I don't agree with you. Like, I, I, it just feels off and weird. And I guess it's sort of like how I felt at like the end of the Sopranos finale where I'm like, really? like this is, no, like, yep. put but, it back on. Like, it's not, it's not over. Like, come on. But I'll tell you, being at the, the Eagles draft party, that was like the 30 seconds after the Titans took Mariota. Everybody's yeah. like, okay, well, what's going to happen now? And you're like, there is no now. This is now. This is what happened. And, and, and what I would say is what's interesting is that like if you talk yourself into it being the right guy to pick, then – then there's nothing off. Then he just took the guy. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let me ask you this. Let me. I'm sorry. I'm jumping around all over the place. Actually, yeah, I, have yeah, more, yeah. I have more energy than I thought I did. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I hear you jazzed up. Okay, so let's make pretend that Joel Embiid's rehab went better last year, and let's say he played the last 12 games of the year and looked great. Right. Um, and, and there was no setback or delay in healing, and he is on track to play in Summer League. Do you think the Sixers would have taken Jalil Okafor? Yeah. Really? If it worked out that way, yeah. I, I don't – I mean, there's two schools of thought where there's the one where it's like Embiid is worse than we would like to believe. Right. And, you know, there's tons of people. We, we've gotten emails and a couple of people that you just meet on the street are like, hey, my buddy's like really good friends with him. Yeah. And like – it's nothing. Or, hey, my buddy's good friends with him, and it's serious. Like, yeah. it's just people say stuff and whatever. So we don't know, and we only know what they tell us, so we can't tell. But the way that the press release was worded didn't seem like there's a big injury. It was just like, hey, it's not there yet. I don't know, whatever. But I still don't think that that Embiid's health really impacted this selection. Because it's not like Nerland's and... Jaleel are a perfect fit. Far from it. I think even if if you worry about Embiid and you still think Nerlens is, is a piece that you really want to build around, then Porzingis is the play there. Or you trade down and take Miles Turner or something like that. But Okafor and Nerlens are not a perfect combination. Embiid and Okafor could be more uh, neither of them is really great defending the pick and roll, but offensively, you can play a lot of high-low. They're both such good passers. I think that's something about Jaleel's game that doesn't get talked about enough is that he's a really good passer and a really smart player, especially in the post. And and yeah, like you said, it's like the, the league's going small and Hinky identifies a market inefficiency and tries to exploit it. So if everyone's going small... Then you know, let's try to get bigger. Let's try to make some mis- mix matches work our way. Um, yeah, and, and, hope, and hope that Brett Brown can coach a, a, a workable defense out of it. Well, and yeah, and that's the interesting thing is that the first thing that I thought of, like let I, in my head, I took let's let take Noel out of the equation for a second. Like let's make pretend they settle on the starting front court as Embiid and Okafor. And I think to myself, well, who the hell is guarding? a small ball four in that scenario. But then I think to myself, well, both of those guys are, in theory, 
dominant offensive players. So how the hell is a small ball four guarding either one of those guys? You know what I mean? And if if you somehow find three shooters to play around them, you know, then that could be like that, like the real problem with Memphis. It's really interesting to me. Like the problem with Memphis is that like why don't you have anybody that can shoot on that team? You know what I mean? Except for Mike Conley. I don't understand. Like, how hard you would think that having Mark Gasol and having Zebo, okay, those guys aren't, they're not running the floor. They're big guys. They're, like, why are you not surrounding them with guys that can shoot? So, I I don't know. On some level, I think maybe if you play Embiid and Okafor together, uh, even though I love Noel, like, and you surround them with three guys that can shoot, that seems like a, a team that would be pretty difficult to guard. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a bunch of weird things that you can do and things you can play with. I, I don't know if there's so many things we want to talk about, but like we're just sort of jumping all over yeah. the place. Um, I think that one of Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel, and probably not Joel Embiid will be traded before the season starts. Yeah, that it, would be that would be my guess. It'll be tough to trade Embiid too. I think at that's point. what I think. It's because yeah. because. Uh, you don't want to trade him with where his value's at now, because that feels pointless. Nobody's going to give you his full value at the moment, and yeah, that's that's the end of the thought. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so you sort of just hold on to him and decide, like, okay, well, let's let's hope he gets better. Let's hope he heals faster, and let's hope he recognizes it. Um, but I, I, at this point, I look at you know. Nerlens is is exceptional on one end, one end of the court. Okafor is exceptional on one end of the court. Nerlens, while Nerlens has proven it that he can be an NBA player for a season and was better than I think we expected, especially on defense, he has two less years on his rookie contract than Okafor does. And I worry that People will look at that and be like, well, you, if you trade Nerlens and you're kicking a can and Okafor, Stevens, whatever. I, at this point, I look at Okafor as more valuable than Nerlens. I don't know if you agree, but I think just if we look at one guy's good at one thing, one guy's good at the other thing, but this guy's got two years of cheaper money, then I think that's the move. But, uh, you know, rim protectors at a premium. If Embiid is healthy, I think you can you can trade Nerlens. And not, not that that's like a fun idea to entertain, really, but I think you can trade Nerlens and be like, okay, Embiid can step outside and hit shots. We can play high-low. I love the idea of, of Embiid sort of at like 10, 15 feet, like trying to do like Gasol Bynum-esque things with with Okafor. But then you move Nerlens and try to get a point guard or a, a wing that can really do something or a high pick in next year's draft. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know if if Okafor or Nerlens is more valuable in a vacuum. I'm, I'm I'm not thinking in terms of the Sixers. I'm thinking in terms of the league. I don't know. Um, I think the league generally, you know, even even still, um, even though we're we feel like more, uh, the league has gotten smarter in the past decade or whatever. It's still a league that values offense over defense. Individual offense, I think, is more important than individual defense because you can. You, I think you can really, you know, 
team defense matters, I think, more than team offense. You can hide a, 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 a poor a poor defender in a good defensive system more than you can do the reverse on offense, I think. Well, I, I, th- I do think DeAndre Jordan is about to... Um, his max contract is about to do something to show how that tide is shifting a little bit. And he's not yeah. even... He's a, a good defender, but like he's... Uh, he's not, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's funny. I think, I think DeAndre Jordan both gets overrated and then underrated defensively. Like, like the people, the the people that just talk blocks, 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 and talk about him being elite, like miss some things that he does wrong. But I think the people that point out the things that he do wrong, does do wrong, oftentimes don't just watch the game and see how petrified people are of coming into the paint when he's there. Yeah, like, for sure. Like they start going towards the lane and then they run away. It's it's amazing to watch. But, yeah, and uh, also De- while DeAndre is not a, a really a guy you give the ball to on offense, he's still a weapon in that he can. He's really efficient and he's doesn't do yeah. anything out of his comfort zone. He's I mean, I want to say like he, he, it's not like he Thomas Robinsons with the ball a lot. He pretty much just like oh I'll just dunk I'll just dunk from here. He's, so he doesn't get in the way, which I think. Uh, you can't on defensively. You can't hide it as much if a guy's willing to. I don't know. Who knows, man? So it's, it's tough. I, let's just. Let's, yeah. I want to step back for a half a second. Okay. The Sixers had six picks, the third overall, and then five in the second. And and we still don't really know. I mean, is the only trade that they made the the weird Knicks trade? The Guillermo Heron Gomez for two future Knicks second rounders. Trade is that it? Was that is that the one? Yeah, as far as I can tell, that it doesn't to me, seem like there's anything else. That to me is the weirdest. Is it that to me? I feel like if we're just talking about reaction from people, like could it the smallest thing? Like if they had traded, you know, it's funny when Elon was calling Jerry and Grant Jaron the whole time. I was like, hey, is everyone say it wrong? And then on the broadcast. They all said Jaron Grant. If if they had tra- something as simple and dumb as trading back to twenty three and getting a pl- a guard that that people had heard of, I yeah. feel like would have mitigated the and, and the reality. Like Jaron Grant is like probably not a starting point. Like maybe I don't know, but he's not like a difference maker player at all. Yeah, I I think he can be a starting point guard in the NBA, but that's that's a stretch. I think I think guys that are drafted in the twenties generally aren't like, oh, you're a starting point in the NBA it's not a guarantee for sure yeah, so that's yeah. a thing, that's a reasonable thing to do but but, but that would have changed I feel like yeah. a lot of the tenor of the reaction to this you know so absolutely it's tough it just felt bad it just felt like such an old Sixers draft it felt like a Rod Thorne Doug Collins uh Tony DeLeo draft where they're just like watching guys fall that you know for my money which doesn't you know amount to anything but I'm like this these guys can play these guys have value and they're just like other teams are trading up to get them, and the Sixers are sitting there. And you know, we had reports from various outlets, including the Jakes, saying that the Sixers are trying to get up in the first round, and they're not getting in. Do you think that teams just don't want to trade with Hinky? Like, is that? It seemed like, you know, obviously we're not in the war, war room. We don't know half of anything. There's things that happen we don't know, and there's things that we make up that didn't actually happen. But I mean, did. Are they just like, no, we don't want to deal with you? Is that like a thing that, that happens, that they just don't want to deal with Hinky because of 
I don't know because of the NBPA thing or because of just maybe the idea that he's fleeced guys in trades before, but like I still think for the most part the Sixers are looked at around the league as a joke. Take a break from this rights to Ricky Sanchez rebroadcast to talk about our favorite lawyer sponsor, our only lawyer sponsor. That is Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, led by our friend Adam Cornblow, the official lawyer of the process. First of all, Cornblow trusts the process. He's been with us from day one. He had season tickets all the way back to the Sean Bradley era. He uh, he has, and he's been a process truster since. Uh, it began. So he has been one of us. Second thing, this place is legit. Cornblow and Cornblow is the premier boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. In the Delaware Valley. Been there since the 80s. It was started by his parents. He had, His father passed away. And so now he runs the law firm with his mom. They have gotten some of the biggest and best results for anyone for personal injury uh, cases in the Delaware Valley over the last 30 years when they've been around. They'll handle all sorts of personal injury, but their specialty is medical malpractice. But like I said, all sorts of personal injury, whether it is injured at work, um, a car accident, drunk driving, slip and fall, whatever it is, Adam Kornblau has your back. And here's the great thing. A lot of these personal injury law firms, you call them up, and they're really just referral services. So you call them up. You're not really getting that law firm. They'll just send you to someone else. When you call Cornblow and Cornblow, you get a Cornblow. I have been through a personal injury lawsuit. It is a long, arduous process to have a lawyer that you trust, that you can believe in, that is not only going to get you the best results, but is going to keep you completely informed along the way is very important. I'm telling you, these things can take a couple of years, a few years. You want somebody you can trust in your corner. That is Adam Kornblau. If you think you might have a case, give him a call or shoot him an email. It doesn't cost you anything. 215-576-7200 and ask for Adam or email Kornblau at Kornblau and Kornblau.com. The Cornblow is spelled with a K. The and is spelled out A-N-D. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Now back to the podcast. And so why wouldn't they want to deal with Hinky if he's running an organization where they can only win 18 or 19 games a year? Well, right? I, think, I think there's two possibilities here. I think, I think there could be a couple of guys in the league that are like, you know what, this deal is negligible to me, and I don't like him, so screw him, you know. But I think the other thing is, if the other team sees value in it, whether they like him or not, I I don't think it really comes into play that much. Like, there's been a lot of stuff, and even Derek said something today, and uh, the Jakes as well, as like, that that agents don't like dealing with him. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know that he's been in the position for them to like dealing with him like he hasn't he hasn't been giving anybody any money you know like I, I, why would they like him I, I can't think of any reason why they would like him but if he came to them and said I love your player and I want to give him the most money I can then I think they'd like him just fine like I don't know yeah. that I don't know how long and of course they're not going to want um they need to change the rule about the second round picks like that's what they need to do so maybe I don't know. Does he maybe push that a little too far? That the second round pick contract? I I don't know. Maybe. I, I guess. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. I I, no, I, I, I I'm, I'm in the same place. I don't think this this podcast is going to have any sort of cohesive string. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that he couldn't get back into the first round because no one would trade with him. Because I, well, maybe he just didn't like the value that it took to get there. You know, like maybe there weren't guys that he loved. You know, when when Justice Winslow was falling and everybody was like, you know, he needs to get up there and get him. Well. I don't know. What's he going to trade that, that's worth a top 10 pick? Well, I think it's next year. I think here's but, the thing is that I figured that Hinky has my my immediate reaction to it because it, it's, it's, it's such a fucking hard thing to, to decide on. It's like, okay, back when Doug Collins was pretty much running things, I didn't give him any benefit of the doubt. Right. I assumed he was sitting on his hands playing solitaire and like wondering when Matt Locke would finish during the draft. But now it's like the Sixers really did very little on paper, the draft. And I'm in my head assuming, well, like, oh, they tried to do this. They tried to do this. didn't work out. They were getting stonewalled. Yeah. And so I think that there is – I run the risk of, like, giving them way too much credit and yeah. obviously giving not giving Doug Collins or that organization, that uh, regime enough. But I really got to think that they were – there was something intentional about like maybe Hinky just didn't like this draft that much. Maybe Hinky just looked at these guys and was like, you know what? We are, maybe there's some free agent things that we look look at. Maybe there's it's just like you know a couple guys went before we we did like a couple, but they went earlier than we thought, and guys were falling, and it's just like you know what? We're just gonna wait. My the the bigger thought with that is that next year is the last year. Uh, before the rookie scale goes up. So the, obviously the cap increases next year, but the rookie scale increases one year later. So there will be a, a greater disparity between how much a rookie costs versus the percentage of how much a rookie is worth in the cap. Does that make any sense? Yep. I, yep. Okay. Um, so the Sixers have their own pick and three extra picks next year in the first round, among other second rounders that are, are flying in left and right. And I was hoping that they used one or two of them and maybe some later seconds to, to dive back into this draft. But maybe they're just like, we're, we're going all in on next year's draft. We're, we're going to capitalize on that extra year of really cheap guaranteed money for first-round picks. And we're not willing to risk it for guys that we don't love in this draft. And I, I was hoping that that wouldn't be the case because I was hoping that there were some guys that Hinky would love, whether it's a Jaron Grant or DeLon Wright or Justin Anderson, or Archie Hunter, who kept falling. And it just didn't happen. And I, I, I got to think that, you know, obviously we trust this fucking process, but you got to think that there that there's... I, I just wonder what Hinky thinks about this. Like, is he is he walking out of the draft being like, man, we got unlucky, or man, I wish we offered more, and I blew that negotiation... And these guys aren't negotiating with me as much as they are with other teams. Maybe I need to like soften that up. I, I just want to know, like know like I, I'm excited for his press conference because I really have no idea what he's going to say. He's not going to give us straight answers in terms of you know this guy was that this guy this guy that we didn't get we tried to get. I'm, I'm interested to see what he says because at a certain point I think he might just say like we don't we didn't like this draft as much as. Others, because if he did, then he would have moved heaven and earth to go get the guys that he needed to get. Maybe people just called him on his bluff a bunch of times, and he yeah. just kept losing. And every time, I I don't know. It was 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, you don't win. You don't win them all. So you know, last year he picked Alfred Payton on a hunch, and it worked out for him. And this year, maybe he took Jalil Okafor, thinking, I know. Maybe he really did like Porzingis, right? And maybe he's like, why would I take Porzingis at three when I can get the Knicks to give me X or Orlando to give me X and Y, and I yeah. can still get a guy that I want? So if they're not going to deal with me now, I'm just going to fucking take Okafer and let's see, let's see if you have the guts to go with Hozonia when I know you don't want him that much. And maybe they were like, yeah, you know what? You're wrong. We don't really like Oka for that much. Like we'd love to have him, but you're you're asking prices too much. And um, I did think it was funny that like the reports immediately were from Woj, and then I guess Dr. J said it, were that like the. Uh, the, the Sixers will not trade Jaleel Okafor. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay. The one player in, in the history of the Sam Hinkie era that was untouchable is Jaleel Okafor. Like, that, right, but that, I, yeah. I think it was, I don't know that that was like, hey, we're not going to trade him. He's untouchable. But I think it's more like we're not trading him just so we can move him immediately. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, agree, that that's not, I yeah. agree that's not also the case because um, there's no reason to not say that if you go out and say like, oh, no, we're going to try yeah. to trade him. Yeah, then, well, like, then, yeah. that loses your any sort of leverage you have. Yeah, yeah. I, it just I it know. just it feels wrong. Like it just doesn't feel like it felt like the, such a non-hinky draft. Like I get the idea of going in the second round and being like, and I, I'm talking to Matt Carey about this on Twitter because the second round really, really lost a lot of power when a bunch of those European guys, international guys, uh, dropped out. But even still, they're like. I, Christian Wood went undrafted, and that's crazy to me. His interview process must have been a disaster. I mean, Cliff Alexander also like had a rough year in Kansas, but he's a basketball player. There's a bunch of guys that that should have gotten drafted that weren't, and I'm whether it's injuries, Michael Qualls tore his ACL and didn't get drafted. Um, I obviously adore the fact that the Sixers got Tokido, but they got him at 58, and so he almost didn't get drafted. And it's just like. Uh, you know, the Sixers had five second-round picks. They ended up selecting uh, guys that will play this year, probably with two of them, in Tokido and uh, Rashawn Holmes. I mean, that's right. That's his name, right? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rashawn Holmes. Um, and then the rest were draft and stash, which is fine because the Sixers are not. It's hard. It's hard to say that they don't have a, They don't like they have. They have enough talent, but they certainly have enough talent at like the fringes of the roster, like Jordan McRae, Pierre Jackson. <laughs> Their whole roster is the fringe. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so like, I, 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 don't, I'm. It's not like I wanted like, hey, get you know, get them, get more fifteenth man guys in there because I, I would have liked Christian Wood because I think he has legitimate NBA potential, and I, I feel the same for a guy like Michael Frazier, who's I think a like a solid two guard that can shoot whatever the Sixers have those guys so it's maybe not that big of a deal but it, it, it just felt like okay you're not going to come out of the draft with six players to to start on the team next year or to at least be on compete for a roster spot but if you're not going to do that then then package a couple picks and get back into the first round do what you have to do move the Oklahoma City pick move the Miami Heat pick dangle the Lakers pick whatever just like do something to get back to where you're Starting to, because the issue isn't isn't the fact that I mean I wrote about it last night because I was nervous and scared and whatever about like how long is this going to take? What if it doesn't work? 
but the issue is more like if you what Oklahoma City had was so perfect because they got these guys and they all grew up together and you can give max contracts to Durant and Westbrook because they're talented but like if you keep spacing things out like you know Nerlens only has 2 years left and so you're going to have to pay him soon and Embiid has 3 years left and then Jaleel has 4 and so like if 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 you load up on a couple guys in one year where it's like okay these guys are building together this is the core that we're going to like have we're going to start to contend throughout their rookie's contract then you can identify free agents to sign and then and then max them out from there but i worry that like eventually there has to be a cluster of talented young players that can grow together and build towards the core before you have to start shelling out big money to them and and i was hoping that that would be this year because justice winslow was falling you could have if you didn't like I mean, you could have traded back if you wanted to. I didn't want them to trade back, but I wanted them to trade up and get in to get those guys, get the guys that could make a difference. Um, it just felt like such a not hinky draft. It felt like we were just missing. It felt like I, I described it on Twitter as like just sort of being helpless and just being like, come on, why aren't we doing this? Like, what's, I thought this was like our thing. Like, we are in charge, are charge of this time. This is like Tokyo Drift. That's what this I, is. It's I, like, don't, I don't know that reference. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, Get Tanner Stidell on here and he'll be able to pull that. For okay. You. All right. Sorry. Um, I. Two quick things. First of all, it's just it's the Fast and Furious movie that doesn't fit. I know. I know. Yeah, I know what yeah, it is. Okay, okay. I haven't seen. It. <laughs> all right. Okay. The the. Uh, First of all, and I'm being I'm not even this isn't like hyperbole about Phil Jackson. Aside from the workout that he probably attended, how much Kristaps Porzingis do you think Phil Jackson actually watched before drafting him? Oh man, I love that. Same I, amount as me? Maybe uh, a little more? Yeah. He definitely didn't go see him. Come on. No, no, no. I know he didn't go see him, but even like tape. Do you think he watched whole games or he just watched I I really, there's no way Phil Jackson is watching Chris Stapp's Porzingis. There's no way. I'm, I'm sure, like, Derek watched more Chris Stapp's Porzingis than Phil Jackson did, like, easily. And he's not making $10 million. Um, <clears throat> and then the second thing is, I, I think I found the person who is more bummed out about the Jaleel Okafor thing than any Sixers fan, and that would be one Jaleel Okafor, who... Yeah, yeah. Does not seem thrilled. No. <laughs> the best quote in the, the interview with D. Lynham, she goes, so who called you from the Sixers after you got picked to talk to you? And he goes, two guys called me. <laughs> two guys. So good. <laughs> no name. So good. And then D, like, like she must have had like a brain fart. She goes, Coach K? And he's like, Coach K? No, and she's like, "What? The, he's like, what are you talking about?" And I think she was stunned that he didn't even know who, like, like I wonder if his agent was assuring him, "Don't worry, I've told the Sixers not to pick you. It's not going to happen." And then the other thing is, how is Joel Embiid texting him the day before and telling him, "I'll see you in Philly tomorrow"? Did you see that? 
Yeah, I guess Joel just like made a prediction. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think. Weird. I don't think he's like in on any sort of closed door meetings. No, it's just it's pretty random. I don't know. I don't uh, know. It just feels wrong, man. I don't know. It just I feel like sort of like like I'm out of my own body. It doesn't feel like I'm. It's a. It just. It was a really boring draft. First of all, that that people were hyping up as like a crazy thing. I thought it was going to be crazy. I was excited about some some weird stuff to go down. And it just nothing of really any sort of excitement went down. It that, sucked, man. It, it sucked. sucked. It was just it, I'm like the draft is my favorite night of the year. Like this is my this is the best for me. I it I have a blast dude. doing it. And the whole time it was just like, okay, so so start so so now so starting now we're gonna now it's gonna happen now the stuff is gonna go down dude, that we want to do. Dude, think about this. The, the 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 Minnesota Timberwolves have been a this is okay. I'm I'm not saying here's what I want to do. I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. Here's yeah. an an argument for maybe just trying to be good instead of trying to be a champion. Here are the fucking Timberwolves run by one idiot into the next. David Kahn into Flip Saunders. Just two fucking dolts. Just two guys, David Kahn who didn't know what he was doing and Flip Saunders, who tried to win last year, traded a first-round pick for Thaddeus Young, still wound up with the the second worst or the worst record in the league, worst record in the league, and got the number one pick. And somehow, the Minnesota Timberwolves like seem like they're just going to be fucking fine. And and you know what I mean? Like it's I I like so much. Even if you're doing it the right way. The advantage seems so slim. Yeah, you know, I, I, it is because it's just like it's just a lot of it comes down to the lottery. Yeah, and a lot of it comes down to doing things by accident that get. I mean, the Sixers, everything the Sixers have done, it seems, has been calculated. And here come Minnesota and LA, sort of just falling into Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. And you know, I. Minnesota's really set up if if they had a coach and a GM that knew what they were doing like they'd be to put I you know I don't love Rubio as a player but I think Wiggins and Towns is just unreal these these are two two-way superstars that you now have because LeBron decided to go back to Cleveland yep. and and you got the first overall pick for an expiring Kevin Love and then you win the lottery again the next year because your coach is an idiot. And you, even though you trade for Thaddeus Young, like it doesn't matter. Like you trade, and then you trade that for Kevin Garnett. It's like you've done everything wrong, and you've just lucked into two of the most two-way players in the past decade in terms of like being a, a two-way stud. It's and insane. I, I'll tell you, I'm not totally out on. I kind of like Zach Levine a little bit. I've sort of changed on him. Ah, like, fuck Zach Levine. I kind of like him. He's better Don't, than what? No, he's like he won the dunk contest. Who no, cares? but but like, but he can play basketball better than I thought he could. Let me put it that way. Like, wait, he he had some pretty good games. Like, he can play a little bit. He's better. Let's put it this way. He's super young and he's better than I thought he was. Maybe he won't ever be really good, but he is better than I than I thought he was. I mean, if we okay. can get excited for Jakar Sampson, I think that. Zach Levine sure. is worth getting, 
you know, maybe there's something there. I don't know. That's it's just, fair. it's just. I'm not writing him off. I'm just telling him to fuck off. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be better in. I'll be better tomorrow. I was even honestly, I, I was really bummed out and pissed off and full of buffalo chicken dip until, <laughs> until I saw those those. If the, the, obviously those kids that were shaking each other's hands at the Barclay Center to listen to this podcast, you you guys saved the night for me. You guys are my fucking heroes. That was and that was and the kid with the the lottery party shirt. Just it was. They were so sure of themselves shaking <laughs> yeah. each other's hands. That's the perfect. That's the perfect like microcosm of of modern Sixers fan. Yes, yeah, and it's why everyone hates us, and it's why exactly. I, I hope we're never good. <laughs> like, uh, I don't, I don't, but you know what I mean. Like I cherish, I cherish those guys. Like I cherish that video. So um, for me, for me, what saved it was JP Tokido and the Knicks kid who was crying. Yeah, that was pretty good too. Boy, Kristaps Porzingis got a, a healthy, healthy set of booze, didn't he? Yeah, he said New York, the, the New York Knicks were the best organization in the in the yeah. NBA. It's like, what? Okay, buddy. I don't know if you're getting all the stuff overseas, but they're bad. They're really horribly run in in every imaginable way. Um, all right, let's keep talking. But like, no. So Pavorsky just tweeted this that um, if you told me. That the Sixers would come away tonight with Okafor, Tokido, and Rashawn Holmes, and a couple more seconds in the future, and a couple draft and stash. I'd be like, oh, okay. Mm. I'd be like, all right. I think it it was it was living through the third pick to the thirty fifth pick when all of these things could have happened, and they kept not happening. And I think because of that, it made it feel like a boring, a the or b the goddamn broadcast was dog shit. I can't. Yeah. Do, well, I can't do Jalen Rose in any in any respect. He's awful. He's so bad. Tom Penn was like featured way more than Tom Penn should ever be featured on anything. I do like Fran Fraschilla. I do. Yeah, like, Fran's great. Yeah, Fran's great. I th- here's here's two Jalen Rose things. First of all, he was so proud. He was like, I think. Orlando was gonna pick Mario Hazonga. I think I think it's saying Hazonga. Hazonga. Someone like Jalen, do the smallest bit of research. You're about to go on national television for like six hours. Do like a little. And then the other thing he does is he always goes. He'll he'll say over and over, "I'm not an analytics guy." That's you know, I watch the games. Blah 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 blah. But anytime he describes when somebody's good, he'll go. Here's a guy that can get you nine assists. I'm like, oh, so numbers are fine as long as they're shitty. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they're like he, he. That's all he does. He is. He is so annoying. He yeah. is the worst. I, I bounced around on Jay Williams whether I liked him or I hated him. I couldn't tell. The, I, the I think I like him more as a as a person. Yeah. But I I definitely don't like most of his insights. Yeah. Um, and it was so long. It was so long. It was so long. It was the first draft. First round was was about ten minutes longer than normal, and it, and you felt it. You oh really, my god! Really felt, felt it. every minute. It was ten minutes and ten hours longer than normal. Oh and my that, god! That that Rod Thorn tribute really could have gotten cut. Well, it was totally cut. It really. It was. It was the NBA just fucking sticking their thumb right in your eye. Just like, oh yeah, you think this is going long? 
Well, before we start the second round, here's a tribute to some 80-year-old guy for a long time who, by the way, is still here. And, like, it wasn't like the Harvey Pollock tribute, which was awesome. And, yeah, which is great. That was yeah. great. Rod Thorne, he's retired. How many opportunities do you have to – he's going to be here the whole season, right? Yeah. He's retired. Yeah. I don't know. Don't, you guys are running behind. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. I'm – I'm fine, I guess. I'll be excited to watch Okafer and his fucking low post nonsense, I guess. It's fun. I, I, I love interior passing, and Big Two Can Pass is a lot of fun. And I don't think he's got good enough form to where he shouldn't be as bad of a foul shooter as he is. Like He's got really soft touch. His hands are crazy big and like thick. Like Who's the, who's the guy... In last year's draft, I think, who had the really, really big hands. Do you remember? No. Anyway, it was might have been Bruno. I think it was Bruno, the real-life block. I think it was Bruno. and uh, But his hands were, like, long. Jaleel's hands are, like, like slabs of meat. It's, like, real thick stuff. I... Th- I, this is, uh, I'm telling you. You don't talk about his hands? You don't talk about his hands anymore? It's too I'm late telling to talk you, about it. If I, if, if I did a radio morning show, yeah. like, I would just let you keep going with that so I could oh. cut up that audio and use it against you for the rest of your life. Like That's fine. Yeah. It's a very, it, it, it seemed very like, like, it sounds very phallic. <laughs> sure. What's wrong? You got, you got to have big hands. But I think that's like that's the same problem that Shaq had shooting free throws is that his hands are just too thick to like hold a basketball. But it's weird because I guess both guys, Delil has really good touch inside and can shoot like out like up to eight feet. Like he's really money. But uh, you know he's going to need to develop. I don't want to talk about Jaleel Okafor's game. I don't no, know what I'm doing. No, no. You know what? I, I, I think got, I, th- I think you got to go. Are you saying I, you got to go to bed? It, it's ten after one. I got to get up in three hours. I mean, we've done we've done forty five minutes, which is I, yeah. I feel like solid podcast length. We will do a more like we'll do a more Jaleel Oka. I feel like this is the feeling one, right? This was it yeah. was going to be the celebration one, and instead it's the let's settle. Everyone, it'll be all right. I mean, trust the stupid process or whatever. You know, hinky assets. Blah, 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 blah. Everything. I, I, I don't think that. I mean, I think it was just like this is a this is a pick that they had to make. They couldn't. It would it would have been irresponsible and wasteful to not make this pick right here. And um, I think somebody's going to get traded. I would say it's probably Jaleel. Um, because I think he has the most value, but. I don't know what it'll be for. I could see them just like turning around and being like, "All right, we just traded for Cousins. Like, what's up? Did you have a fun draft?" I think that that's that. I mean, we didn't talk about this yet, but Demarcus Cousins is a guy who has we've talked we talked about it a bit last time, but Hinky has spent the last two years talking about how important it is to acquire a superstar, whether it's through the draft or via trade, and they don't present themselves very often and it seems like in sacramento this is an opportunity where it's presenting itself and i look i think that there's no way that they're not at least like thinking about it a lot whether or not brett feels like he can coach 
DeMarcus is is another story, but I mean Okafor and and Cauley Stein is a really nice one-two punch in uh, defensively. Yeah, how did Cauley Stein go from this afternoon maybe um, being late teens to being the sixth pick in the draft? Uh, did you see? I, I think it was I forget who said it that said Vlade and Vivek had never seen. Moudier, Moudier, yeah, yeah, and that's so good. Cook, I mean, yeah. they, they missed a workout. He he declined to work out for them, but also like, you should have gone to see him. That's yeah. why you don't hire a GM like that. Was just like I don't know what was he doing. What was Vladi doing before he got hired by Sacramento? I don't know. Just being um, being famous in our <laughs> yeah. being popular, being u- universally praised yeah. at the Ricky Sanchez lottery party. Yeah. Um, man. It just it just wasn't as I was so excited. I've been looking forward to this for so long, and I don't think the dream is dead. I don't think that this is the roster that they're going to go into the season with. But it's not going to be as fun. I mean, even even if when they trade Jaleel or Nerlens or whoever and go get a superstar and do all the stuff that we think Hinky should do and wants to do and can do, um, it's not going to be as fun because. It's not the draft. Like the draft is when the fun stuff should happen, and it's because it's this whole event, and you get to think about it afterwards, and and to be bummed out afterwards, the way, not like it wasn't a failure, but just it was like, look at all those guys that we didn't draft. Yep. Um, it's tough. Now I got to. I, I didn't tell you the other night. I had this problem finding our um the audio from our um, our podcast. That's why it took me like 40 minutes to get it up. I started sweating. I couldn't find the stupid folder that it it gets saved into, and I thought it was gone. Like yeah. I, I thought what we did was completely gone. So That would have been, been fun. Well, now I can't find it again, but I know okay. that it's here. So. so we just keep talking until... No, I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, anyway, that's all I got. I don't have anything more. Well, I'm sorry that you're struggling, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tired. I got a long day tomorrow. If the, if take a break from this rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast to talk to you about one of our favorite sponsors. They're all our favorite sponsors. Maybe you've noticed I do that. The Colony Meadery. The Colony Meadery sells mead. What is mead? Mead is an alcohol, a booze that's been around for a long, long time, but has never been done right until now, until the Colony Meadery in Allentown did it. It is a gluten-free alcohol made from honey. And if you're sick of Everything that you normal drink, normally drink, maybe there's this one drink you get wherever you go, or maybe you're sick of the same light beer, or if you're a gluten-free person, you're sick of going to a bar and saying, well, what's the one cider you have that is gluten-free? Mead is something different, and it's something good, and like I said, it's gluten-free. It is a slightly sweet, um, slightly carbonated alcohol that comes in a ton of different flavors. You can check out all of those flavors at colonymeadery.com. Two of the most recent ones that they've released are um, Birch Mead, which tastes like birch beer, and Mini Mead, which is made from raspberry blossom honey. They are local guys. They're from Allentown. They are trusters of the process. You can get Colony Meadery Mead in every Wegmans in Eastern PA, a ton of places in the Philadelphia area, smaller, you know, 
beer type stores. Or uh, you can just go up to the Colony Meadery in Allentown. They have tours and tastings and bottles available there. You can order online at colonymeadery.com. Make sure you use code RICKY for $5 off. Of course, you must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. Here now, rather, back to the podcast. If something goes down in like the next like three hours, I'm calling you and we're going to do this again. <laughs> okay. Just because you, you got my number. Yeah. All right. All right, buddy. Um, we'll do this again soon. Well, good, good draft. We this we set a record in June. We're gonna, and we still got more. Um, it was a huge month for the podcast, and I felt like it was a. Uh, and I know it was a huge month for Liberty Ballers to, and a huge day for Liberty Ballers today. So. Dude, dude, we had. I think I think the final number was like three hundred and eighty thousand page views today. That's unbelievable. To today in one day. Yeah, unbelievable. That's crazy. Um, easily, easily the best in SB Nation, NBA, easily, by like, a hundred and eighty thousand, almost, almost doubled Blazers Edge at two. All right, congrats, Blazers Edge. I'm going to bed. Uh, I right. just want to, I just want to keep talking. I could, I could just tuck you into bed. <laughs> just think about Jaleel Okafor's meaty hands as you go to bed. I will. I always do. All right. I'm All right, man. Talk All right. soon. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> we are the murderous pair. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Pumping the clouds on a missile to turn.